0: Convicted and Convinced, a message from God's word for you. And now here's Dr. Dan Gerard.
1: After the fall of Adam and Eve, there was a proclamation made by God that became the expectation of hearts pertaining to a redeemer. And from that time in the Garden of Eden, The course of history was charted so as to disclose the need of redemption and of a Redeemer. It was with great joy that the Apostle Paul penned these words when he recognized the fulfillment of God's promise Galatians chapter 4, verses 3, 4, and 5. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But, and I like that word, but. But when, underscore, the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. And as if someone were about to ask, well, why did God do this? The response is to redeem them that were under the law, that we, you and I, might receive the adoption of sons, and I might add their daughters as well. There are some of our generation who frown, and some of those are even in the Christian world, the Christian church, there are some who frown on the celebration that we now refer to as Christmas. But I choose to celebrate. I choose to celebrate even though I do not know the exact time of year when Christ was born. I choose to celebrate because angels celebrated His birth. I choose to celebrate because shepherds celebrated His birth. I choose to celebrate because the celestial star celebrated His birth. I choose to celebrate because the wise men celebrated his birth. And on and on and on I could go with reasons why I celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. There is sometimes a debate in the ranks of Christianity as to what time of year Jesus was actually born. We don't know for certain, but of this we can be certain. Jesus was born, and His birth, the Bible says, was when the fullness of the time was come. I want you to pay particular notice to that phrase, the fullness of the time, and the use of a definite article to define both the fullness and time. So, without question, this is identifying a specific fulfillment. This is defining and specifying a specific time, and that being the advent, the first advent of Jesus. I love history. I've always loved history, and history gives some very interesting portraits of the conclusion, of the condition of the world at the time of Christ's first advent. And in this presentation, I want to share three primary aspects that are very enlightening as to the importance of the fullness of the time. And these three aspects verify that indeed the Messiah came right on time. First of all, the political contributions that Rome made. Those of you who are students of history know that the Romans were adherents to idolatry. They were adherents to mystery religions, emperor worship, and they were very instrumental in bringing the fulfillment of the will of God. The Roman Empire and the lands that rule were held together by an allegiance to a singular emperor. And by their military and their political system, they mandated that everyone be subject unto him. And the Roman army was more than adequate to preserve the Roman rule. Under the Roman rule, history tells us that commerce flourished. Communication was made very easy by a splendid highway system and a well-arranged route on the sea that afforded remarkable abilities to travel from city to city. Roman citizens and subjects could move about. Out of the city of Rome, there were five main highways. And with the many branches off of these five highways, there was a connection that Rome was able to make in all aspects of her empire. So indeed, the Roman Empire was very important as an agency in paving the way for Christ in accord with the time clock of God, because under the Roman rule, travel was relatively safe and expeditious. Secondly, the intellectual contributions of Greece. Those of you who Our students of history know that Greece was the most cultivated and cultured people of that age. Their beautiful and flexible language was rich in the literature of that time, and it was actually spoken as a universal language. At the time of Christ, the Old Testament Scriptures had been available in Greek for about 200 years. And when time came for the books of the New Testament to be written, God chose the Greek language in which the New Testament was to be written. I love Greek. I taught Greek for several years in Bible college and and seminary. I love the Greek language. The culture of the Greeks produced some wonderful teachers, men like Homer and Plato, Aristotle and others, and Greece was used by God to prepare the world for the greatest of all teachers. The master teacher himself. Jesus the Christ. Greece was used by God to wet the thirst and the appetite of the world for knowledge, for wisdom that Jesus was going to share. And so indeed, the culture of Greek, the Greece was a very important agency in paving the way for Christ in his first advent according to the time clock of heaven. Now, I want to turn our focus upon perhaps the most paramount contribution in preparing the stage of readiness, that being the religious contributions of Israel. What the politics of Rome and the intellectual aspect of Greece were unable to produce was attempted by the religious Jews. And they attempted this through very strict adherence to law, to custom, and principles that were set forth in the Old Testament, and these principles and customs and laws were interpreted by very pompous Pharisees, pompous Sadducees, pompous scribes, pompous Essenes. And what they were endeavoring to do was to produce a form of forced perfectness as man longed with great intensity for truth about life and human destiny. They were looking for something. They were looking for someone. They were longing for the Messiah who would bring genuine peace and and cause the lives of mankind to be inspired by God. But their interpretation and their application in relation to His arrival was wrapped up in their own preconceived ideology that centered on the establishment of an earthly kingdom. Now, the Jews were dispersed everywhere. But in spite of themselves, they still bore witness to the true God. And from all parts of the world, they came periodically to attend the various feasts at Jerusalem. And as they would return back to their home places from Jerusalem, after attending these feasts, they would carry with them the news of the Messiah's coming. Indeed, the Jewish influence was a most important agency in paving the way for Christ in accord with the time clock of God. Beyond doubt, Jesus was to enter a prepared world. His birth would find mankind's mind and mankind's hearts filled with concepts of the universe Ideologies of of religion, of sin, of rewards and punishments. And Jesus came to deal with all of the multiplicity of these aspects. That phrase, the fullness of the time, also indicates that every event that was foretold in Old Testament Scripture pertaining to the Messiah's advent had been or were about to be fulfilled. One such passage is found in the book of Daniel chapter 9, and I'm going to read these verses. Daniel wrote, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people, And upon the holy city to finish the transgression, and to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring into everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and the prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Those were words of expectation. And then Daniel 9 continues, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. Now follow me very closely. The Bible and history relate That in the autumn of 27 A.D., exactly 483 years after the commandment given by King Artaxerxes in 457 B.C., which began the 70-week period or the 490-year period, exactly on time, Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan River and began his public ministry. After that baptism, Jesus was led into the wilderness for 40 days of temptation and victory. After he came out of that experience, after the Holy Spirit of God had descended upon Christ in the form of a dove in that Jordan River, signifying His special anointing, after coming out of that 40-day period of trial, Jesus made some profound announcements. You see, that first 69 weeks of Daniel's prophecy had brought the world to 27 A.D. And fresh from the baptismal waters of the Jordan River and the triumphal victory in the wilderness of temptation, Jesus made these proclamations. Luke 4, verses 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And as if someone were about to ask, well, Jesus, why is the Spirit of the Lord upon you? He resounds to preach, underscore, the acceptable year of the Lord. What year is he talking about? He was referring to the prophecy given to Daniel. And then in Mark chapter 1 and verse 15, Jesus said, the time, underscore it, The time is fulfilled. What time was he speaking of? The time that Daniel wrote about in Daniel chapter 9. The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. And then later, the apostle Paul, as I read just a few moments ago, revealed his awareness of that prophetic Timetable being brought into clear focus and fulfillment when he wrote Galatians four and verse four. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son. Well, the song was not penned then. But I believe if it had been penned, the Apostle Paul would have broken out, as we sang just a little while ago, joy to the world, the Lord has come. You see, the time mentioned by Jesus and the time mentioned by Paul was the definite time event predicted in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 25. How can we be sure of this? We can be sure of this because the 69 weeks of the 483 years are the only prophetic period that ends with the coming of the Messiah, the Prince. When all of the world was politically, intellectually, and religiously prepared When the hearts of mankind were crying with agony, and the minds of men and women were craving freedom, when the hands of heaven's clock moved into perfect alignment, when everything was just right, stars began to shine brighter than ever before. A heavenly host began to sing as they had never sung before. Shepherds started shaking like they had never shook before. Wise men started traveling a path they had never traveled before from the east. A small babe was born and wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. You see, when the fullness of the time was come... God sent forth His Son made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that you and I might receive the adoption of sons and daughters. That's exciting to me. That's so exciting, I think I'll just say hallelujah one more time. Hallelujah for the fulfillment of the time. <laughs> Several years ago, I read a sign on a business establishment that went like this. Happy birthday, Jesus, but when is the party? I'm standing here today at this time of celebrating the birth of the Savior of the world to declare that the party is always. The party never ends, and it gets sweeter And sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. As you and I are celebrating the first advent, the birth of Christ, heaven's clock is still ticking. And soon, and I pray very soon, there will be another, the fullness of the time become a reality. And it will become a reality in the second advent, at the time of the second coming of Christ, the return of Jesus. And this time, Jesus is not coming as a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. This time, He's coming as the eternal King of kings and Lord of lords. My brothers and sisters, the stage is being set. As unsuspecting, unprepared people of this world are aligning themselves politically, they are aligning themselves intellectually, and they are aligning themselves religiously to experience disappointment. Listen to me, my friends. Do you think for one moment that what is taking place today in the political world is by chance? If you do, talk to me. I think I can enlighten you. Do you think for one moment what is taking place in the academic intellectual world of academia is by chance? If you do, talk to me. I think I can enlighten you. Do you think for one moment what is taking place in the religious world is by chance? If you do, talk to me. I think I can enlighten you. We are being set up politically. We are being set up intellectually. And we are being set up religiously. For what is soon to bombard planet Earth? And sadly, few men and women and young people are paying attention to the signs of the time. But you and I, <laughs> you and I, you and I, as blood cleansed, spirit feel. Word enlightened, heaven-bound sons and daughters of God may know that as we behold the political, the intellectual, and the religious aspect and signs of this time, our hearts do not have to fail us. We can look up because we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that our redemption is drawing nigh. (laughs) Anybody beside me want to say hallelujah about now? Jesus is coming again. Just as I do not know when he was born the first time, I do not know when he's coming the second time, but this I do know, Christ is coming again. He's coming again the second time because he came the first time. Rebecca and I... We may not see some of you again before this year ends. Some of you will be traveling in the next few days, and we won't see you at Christmas or maybe at the new year. This may be the last Sabbath that, that we see some of you in 2019. But today, I am encouraging us during this season of the year To look back with appreciation for the first advent. And then to look forward in anticipation for the second advent. Jesus came and Jesus is coming again. And so Rebecca and I want to wish you a merry, merry, merry Christmas. And a happy, happy, happy new year. And I want to encourage you as individuals and families to enjoy the Christmas spirit of this year because soon and very soon, you talking about a party, we are going to have the party of all parties as we sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And that party of parties will be possible because in the fulfillment of the time, God sent forth His Son to Bethlehem as a baby to get the party started. I don't know about you, but I'm going to party this Christmas. I'm going to party in preparation for the party
0: of parties. Dr. Dan Gerard is the pastor of University Parkway Seventh-day Adventist Church in Pensacola, Florida. Our weekly podcasts are recorded every Saturday morning. Bible study begins at 9.30. The sermon begins at 11. You are invited to join us. We live stream the 11 o'clock service. You can catch that broadcast at our website, universitypkwy.org, or at Livestream. A library of previous messages is available on our YouTube channel and on our website. Thank you for listening.